Passionate, driven, enthusiastic, euphoric. This is who we are as entrepreneurs. But how we leverage these incredible attributes to dream and build businesses that scale and grow is what this podcast is all about. Hello, I'm attorneypreneur Josh Brown, and welcome to Franchise Euphoria. Hello, welcome to another episode of Franchise Euphoria. I am thrilled today to have Kevin Ortner on the show. Kevin is the CEO of Renters Warehouse, a real estate property management company that recently franchised its business. Kevin owns four Renters Warehouse franchises himself and was one of the original franchisees in the company. Renders Warehouse was named the largest and fastest growing property management company in Minnesota by Inc. Magazine, and also they are ranked number three in the nation. Today, we're going to speak to Kevin specifically about the overall franchise experience, both as a franchisor and a franchisee, and how to grow and prosper from both perspectives. We're going to focus on real estate franchises and this unique business model and the challenges and opportunities that exist within this market. Hello, Kevin, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Josh. Looking forward to talking with you today. Well, I'll tell you, uh, just at the outset, you've got some big shoes to fill. As, as, uh, as you know, I previously had Brenton on the show who founded Renters Warehouse. I believe he was the, the sole founder. He was the sole founder. Yes, that's right. And he really delivered the goods. So I, I've got high expectations for you. Well, I hope I can meet those expectations for you. <laughs> I'm sure you can. So let's just dive right in and start. How did you get involved in Renters Warehouse? Uh, you know, I like to uh, tell people I kind of stumbled into it, so to speak. I actually used to be a corporate pilot in a previous life uh, and flew corporate jets around. Uh, but I've always been a hobby real estate investor and real estate enthusiast. And even with my previous job as a pilot, I had a lot of extra time on my hands. So I was investing in real estate, got my real estate license, all those kind of things. And uh, my brother ended up working with Brenton uh, in Minneapolis uh, right as he opened Renters Warehouse. And, and uh, basically came to me one day and said, hey, you need to meet this guy. You, got, you guys are pretty similar minded. I know you're looking to do things like this. And uh, he wants to franchise his business. So I ended up meeting with Brenton um, six years ago or so probably. And uh, he told me his vision for the business, what he's looking to do. Uh, and we ended up connecting and opening our first office uh, together in Phoenix. So now when you were a corporate pilot, so were you flying around executives or were you, a, are you talking about just a commercial airline pilot? Uh, no, I was flying around executives. So I was flying uh, business jets, um, you know, for, uh, for executive folk uh, around the country. Well, we've got to take a little, a, a little side swipe here and say, what was that like? How, how <laughs> that was, was that? That was, uh, you know, that was a tough job to, uh, uh, to get out of and give up, of course, because it was fantastic. And actually, uh, I like to joke that one of the best things that ever happened to me was I got laid off from that position uh, back in the recession as, uh, you know, that's just not a job you give up. I grew up around airplanes, uh, flying airplanes, got my pilot's license when I was 16 years old and um, never planned to be a pilot professionally. Ended up going to college at Arizona State University and my roommate was in the aviation program and uh, I hadn't decided what I was going to major in yet, but thought, geez, what better to do than fly around all day? That sounds pretty exciting. So I got my flight instructor ratings, uh, started teaching people to fly through college, uh, kind of fell into it. But what a great job. It was a lot of fun. Flew to all sorts of great destinations. Um, and the, the neat thing is, as a corporate pilot, 
oftentimes you're sitting at a destination with the folks you flew out there for, you know, two, three, four days a week, maybe. So it's kind of like a perpetual vacation uh, all the time and uh, just checking out new places. Uh, it was a really neat experience. Well, so do you still fly at all? Like once a year, maybe really not much. I wish I, I wish I flew more, uh, but it, uh, you know, it ends up just even go fly around for fun, getting out to the airport, getting the airplane pre-flight and doing a flight. It's kind of like a half day deal and, and, uh, owning a business, as you know, uh, takes up a lot of time as well as I've got a couple of kids at home. So I just don't get out as much as I'd like to. Now you were saying, uh, when you, when you flew, you sort of dabbled in real estate a little bit. Can you expound on that a little? Sure. Um, you know, my, my father, myself and my brother, uh, just started buying rental properties. And so, uh, we had a couple of rental properties in Phoenix where I was, um, some in Minneapolis where my brother and my, my, my dad were. And you, just that, those kind of things, buying rental properties. And at that point, we were just taking care of them ourselves. We only had a couple. And also, I got my real estate license. I was in the mortgage business briefly, uh, but not very long. Uh, that, that wasn't my calling. But just, so just always kind of involved in different aspects of real estate, mainly investment real estate and uh, uh, residential rental properties. Well, and so you meet Brenton and you buy into his vision. And, and, and I can tell you from speaking with him and for anybody listening who hadn't heard that episode, um, I can't remember which one it was, but it was it was definitely several back. But just look for the interview with uh, Brenton Haywood. And it was a great interview. And I can tell you he's a charismatic guy. And so I can uh, I can imagine how um, he could sell you on a vision, sell you on the idea of where it's going. And, and when he did, did you come right in and, and start working with the company? Or did you immediately become a franchisee? I became a business partner of his actually and because he wasn't yet able to franchise and he wanted to see if his model would work elsewhere around the country. Uh, he started his first office in Minneapolis, our corporate headquarters, about 2007. Um, and we met a year later, year and a half later in 2008, end of 2008, beginning of 2009. And um, I was living in Phoenix and he said, you know, the Phoenix real estate market couldn't be any different or any further different from what's going on in Minneapolis. So let's see if I can make my model work also around the country. And uh, if we can make it success, I want to maybe look into franchising. So him and I went into business together and opened a, a branch in Phoenix with my, uh, my current business partner that we have, uh, who owns the renter's warehouse in Arizona with me. And uh, we did that. And about two years later, once he became a, a franchisable business, we bought him out and became his first franchise. See, that's fascinating to me. And there's a lot of listeners to the show that have businesses that they've had some success with, and they're considering growth options like franchising. Take us back to those days when you, when you guys, you know, you, you partnered with Brenton, you're starting to build something. What's the thought process that you went through, that you went through before franchising? Um, really, I think what we just struggled with or, or thought about or discovered, um, was I'm sure what a lot of folks do when they're trying to decide how to expand their businesses. You know, do you do it corporately throughout, uh, you know, and, and buy, you know, open new territories corporately that you know are going to be work really well, which is very capital intensive, uh, expensive and, and time consuming. Or do you, uh, you know, leverage your brand and model through the franchise model and, and get other entrepreneurs on board and help grow your brand that way. And, uh, that was just really something Brenton had always wanted to do. He, he believed strongly in the franchise model. So wasn't, I, I don't think a lot of decision really had to go behind it. Really. We wanted to make sure we could prove the model, make sure it would work, uh, and have a great product to sell. And so that, that, that couple of years is really just dialing in everything and, 
making sure we had the processes that we could share with other people that, that bought into the model. And, and, uh, but overall, I think the franchise model of growth is, is fantastic in the way that you can really grow much faster uh, on a nationwide model than if you're just trying to, you know, grow corporately and, and use your own capital to expand across the country. Now, was the real tipping point for you after you guys had set up the company in both Arizona and Minnesota? In other words, you've tested out two markets now, you've, you've experienced some success, and now you say, okay, we can really do this thing. Because I, I, I don't know if you agree with this or not, Kevin, but when I uh, counsel people and they talk to me about wanting to go through the franchise model, a lot of times they only have one location. You know, if they're a brick and mortar or if they're a business with, you know, it's location based. And I always tell them to open up a second location and see how that goes before they consider the franchise model. I wonder what you think about that. I think that's very good advice, Uh, not only from uh, the ability to help you sell franchises down the road. uh, You know, it's I think it's real tough uh, as a prospective franchisee looking at a new business. Now, granted, any new franchise system is a little bit harder to sell than an established one, of course, but if you only have one location, there's so many more um, ifs and, and, and what about this and what about that and, and can it work somewhere else? And I think there's a lot of people out there who may have the perception that that one location maybe just got lucky. Maybe that's all that the industry needs or, or this area may need for for that type of business, as well as the fact that oftentimes I think as entrepreneurs, if you start a business and you're starting to see success, you don't really remember exactly what you did from day one until today where you've been successful and how did I get here? And it's important to go and, and um, do it again and document it and, and try and remember that process on what made us successful from when we opened the doors in a new location in a new territory that we had in zero business till today. How did we get there? Because really, at the end of the day, that's what franchising is, right? You're going to allow someone not to have to reinvent the wheel to open their business. And you're going to be able to guide them along the process of, of picking out their site location to to a build out if it's needed in an office place, to advertising and gaining clients in a new territory and, and re-experiencing all that for yourself, I think is important as a franchisor. Oh, absolutely. And I think you said something key in that last response, and that is documenting the processes. I know that as I work with business owners, um, it's really something that's often overlooked. I think a lot of people, as they look and expand their business, they think about the legal regulations. They think about you know big picture, how they're going to overcome certain things and the distance between the central ops or the central operations and these um, businesses that they're opening in different geographic locations. But a lot of people overlook mistakenly um, you know, how important it is that you've got to have that operations manual in place. You've got to have everything that you do Everything that's in your entrepreneurial brain has to be down on paper. And it's not to say that it's it's going to be locked there in stone. No, certainly it's going to change. I mean, it, systems grow and mature and become better and more efficient. But talk to us a little bit about that process that you went through with Brenton in actually documenting your systems. You know, you hit the nail on the head in the fact that I, I think process, at the end of the day, process is your product, right? That's what you're selling. So all those things you mentioned of, of legal compliance and, and how am I going to support franchisees nationwide when they're so far away from me and how do I sell them and all these things that go into to looking at franchising your business. You don't need any of that if you don't have the process to sell. So it starts with the process and um, that's something we had to realize uh, not necessarily the hard way but maybe a little bit late in the game is, is we really need to get this stuff down and 
figure out our operations manual. And really what we did is sat down and said, what's, what's our core business? What do we do? In our case, we're a property management company. So we lease single family homes and we manage single family homes on a daily basis. So what are our core processes? That's, let's start with documenting that first. And we tried to find our 10 core processes from how exactly is it, how, do we, how are we successful at leasing homes and how are we successful at managing them? What goes into that from maintenance coordination to rent collection to our advertising and all those kind of things. We just, we got our management team together and our leaders in our business and said, what is it that we do? Let's pick those, pro those processes out and get them documented down. And even if it's a short form documentation to start outline form, let's get something going. And like you said, it's not set in stone. They may always be evolving, but at the end of the day, you have somewhere to reference and something to grow upon. And uh, so really, at the end of the day, it's just a matter of starting. It's picking exactly what it is you do. What's your core business? What are those core processes? And, and um, it, it just start documenting them. Because at the end of the day, that's what you're selling. You're selling those processes and experience as a franchisor. And um, as a prospective franchisee, that's, that's obviously something that people look for and, and need. Now, how is it that Renters Warehouse as a property management company is different than other residential property management companies? I mean, I love Renters Warehouse model, but I'd love for you to take a minute to kind of explain um, what it is you guys do and how you're different from uh, other property management companies. Sure. I think what our biggest difference is, uh, is we treat this business like a business. And what do I mean by that is, so many property management companies around the country, and there's 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 probably several several great ones in every state and every territory. But um, property management for years and forever since it's been around has kind of been a mom and pop kind of thing. Uh, not and there's nothing wrong with that, but we wanted to take it and make it a different look, different feel, and really turn it into a business. And so many folks in property management, it's their job, uh, it's their hobby, it's what they do every day. We wanted to turn it into where it's not necessarily our job, it's not our job, it's our career. And we wanted to build a business out of it. So we took it and instead of just saying we manage properties, we came to work every day and said, we're building a business. And I think there's a big difference in, in, in that in the fact that we went about it instead of just saying, how can we manage 100 properties today or 200 properties, 300 properties a day? It was, what do we need in our business? And, and we, we started making departments and we started growing managers and organizational structure. So much so that, you know, three years ago, I, I, I don't know that I've done anything in property management in the past two or three years is, is now I just, I run a business. And uh, there's not a lot of leaders of property management firms around the country that can say, well, no, I don't really do property management anymore. Of course I do property management, it's my job, but you know, from a day-to-day -day operation standpoint from what I do now and uh, what Brenton still does a little bit and, and uh, used to do much more is we're just doing business things. We're doing HR. We're hiring people, we're building departments, we're innovating new products, we're you know, um, working on new marketing things and helping grow this business nationwide. And in my markets, uh, where I own franchises from Phoenix and Tucson and Denver, Colorado, it's the same thing. We're, we're trying to grow a business. Our product just happens to be property management. And so I think that's the big distinction of what makes us different is we're able to go from what a lot of times used to be a, a, a small uh, a job or a portfolio management hobby for a lot of people and a big property manager had two three four hundred properties that they managed to we're going to teach our franchisees how to grow a business and something that you can walk away from one day and it's still it's still running it's still operating and and allow you to continue to grow wealth 
in your life and financial stability and financial security. And that's something that actually we sell as part of, of the Renters Warehouse. We don't just teach you how to manage properties, but we teach you how to build a, a business that is going to be stable enough to that if you ever want to walk away from it, retire, turn it over to somebody else, it's still going to be there. And I think we're one of the few business models that, that does that. Well, that sounds fantastic. And I want to dive in here in a minute into the franchisee experience. But but first, where where are you actually located? Are you in Arizona? Are you in Minnesota? I'm in Minneapolis. Uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, at our corporate headquarters. Um, and I just happen to uh, uh, be part owner in our Phoenix, uh, Arizona operation, our Tucson, Arizona operation, our Denver, Colorado operation. Yeah, and I believe you, uh, you've had some 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 real good success in Arizona. I think you guys have grown that franchise um, or those franchises to what over a thousand properties now yeah we manage um about 1300 homes in phoenix now uh we've been in business just over five years so it's been fantastic growth and really following the uh, same trajectory as our corporate headquarters here in minneapolis um so uh, just great success there in phoenix now is your partner i imagine uh, dealing mostly with the day-to-day operations of that business since you're in minnesota he is yeah you know that's kind of, a lot of people get confused by that. Well, how does that work? How do you do that? But in today's day and age with technology, just like today's call and interview, uh, you can be anywhere in the country with it. It's a matter of a phone call, a Skype chat, and technology allows me to do so many things. So a lot of what I do for my franchise around the country is some business development, marketing, advertising, a lot of the accounting and back-end business side of things. Um, and I've got great business partners on the ground uh, that kind of handle the day-to-day and, and more of the employee relations and, and face-to-face sales and things like that. So it ends up working pretty well. So tell me what it's like to be both the franchisee and the CEO of the overall franchise system. What's that been like for you? Uh, it gives me a unique perspective on, of course, a lot of different things and uh, probably an upper hand on making sure that I can be very successful in my markets and the fact that um, I've been around this business since nearly day one and helped create a lot of the process that's in place. So it's easy for me to transition that to, to there. And I think it gives uh, our business an advantage overall. Um, our business meeting, the, the Renters Warehouse franchise system, just because there's kind of always this perspective of a franchisee in the room. Um, I don't do a lot of the day-to-day running of our franchise brand. We have a president uh, named Ron Wright who who handles that for us, but he's always coming to me and saying, hey, you know, how can we do this better? Or, or what do you think about this? And we want to do this. And what's, what are franchisees going to think about this? And really all of our franchisees have great representation in the room anytime we have discussions about things because I can talk on it from a franchisor perspective and what resources we need to put into that and, and how we're going to support that too. What do the franchisees really need? What do we need on the ground? Where's the support lacking? What, where's, where are we doing fantastic? And so I think it just gives a unique perspective and, and really is something that makes our brand unique. Well, I think it's fantastic. I, I really like it when I see brands that, that do it this way. I think it's uh, from the franchisee perspective, you know, if I were looking at the system, it would give me somewhat of a comfort level that you are actually experiencing the day-to-day aspects of what it's like as a franchisee. Sure. Even though you're, you're not the, the operating partner per se, but, um, you know, you do have you do have your your money in the game, <laughs> as they exactly. say. Exactly, and and I meet with uh, you know I, I'm not the day to day operations guy. However, I'm very on the ground level with all those businesses, and and have uh, you know a couple times a week uh, conference calls and meetings with whether it's just my partner or uh, once a week religiously hour and a half scheduled management meeting 
with everyone on the ground at those locations to know, hey, what's going on? What are our challenges? What are our opportunities? What's going well? What's going bad? How are we going to fix it? And uh, so I really am very in tune with what's going on. And uh, kind of going back to, to playing both roles, we thought a lot about, are people going to look at this as a good thing or it's a bad thing? And, and you know, are they going to say, well, that's, you know, what, what's the deal here? Are he, is he successful only because he's, he's with the, the corporate headquarters and, and with the franchise company or what's going on? But at the end of the day, we've gotten lots of feedback, just like you had mentioned, of, of people really like it. It's, I like to say, hey, I drank the Kool-Aid, so to speak, right? Not only am I trying to pitch these things and sell them to people and, and help grow our brand nationwide, but I bought in uh, so much so that I have locations all over the place. And it, again, it provides a unique perspective, but I also think it does give people the confidence to say, you know, uh, he's he, he knows what he's talking about and he believes in the product. Are, are you a Shark Tank fan? Do you watch that show? I love Shark Tank. Great show. So I just, you know, the new season just started and uh, I was watching... Uh, watching it the other night and it struck me one of you know there some of them are fans of franchising some of them aren't uh, but there's a lot of businesses that come on there with the hopes of franchising and i was struck by i forget what the company was called but one of the companies that came on there and you know the sharks were really interested in the business they thought oh man this is a great model um and but they found out that the owners that started the business had actually already sold off all their all their interest in the business. And because of that, it completely turned off every single one of the sharks. They were like, dude, if you don't believe in your own business enough to grow from where you already are and you've already sold off all your interests, what does that say to us? And I think right. there's something uh, really significant about that. I think so too. Um, I mean, it sounds like the sharks said it best. You know, if, if you don't believe in, in where your business is going, which obviously you don't because you cashed out early, uh, you know, if you don't think it's going to be that next big thing, why is someone else? And um, so I think that, you know, that kind of goes with what we're doing here. We all believe in what we're doing. And I think at the same token, once a, a founder leaves uh, for good, um, you know, or, or everyone who started the business is gone, that you, not in every case, but oftentimes that same drive and spirit that got things going doesn't go on to the successors because they don't have the same passion about the product or the business. And so, especially when you're trying to grow quickly and grow fast um, and really continue to innovate, uh, which is what it takes in today's world to be successful. uh, Those who start the business, if they're all the way out or they're all the way gone, um, it's very hard to pass it on to a successor, I think. And and so I think that plays a lot into it as well. So I'm sure you spend a lot of your days uh, talking about, you know, the franchise and what they bring to the table and how it can, you know, be of a benefit to, to certain franchisees. But I'm, I want to know from your perspective, what are the, some of the things that you look for or Renters Warehouse looks for in a, in a prospect franchisee? That's a good question. We look for, um, you know, it's hard to say. We don't have that set, you know, criteria where, oh, we met Bill today and, and he doesn't fill these three boxes. We look for that kind of the same way you're looking for when you do business deals with anyone else is, is you want to do business with people you like, of course, but you just kind of know. We want people, we can teach anyone to do property management. We can teach anyone to do this business. We've got great processes in place. Um, you know, it's not rocket science, but we're looking for folks who are, are hungry and you can just see that drive to succeed. We're looking for true entrepreneurs and we're looking for folks who want to be in the business for a certain amount of time. What I can tell you we're not looking for are people that come and talk to us and say, yeah, this looks fantastic. I'm going to put some money in. I'm going to hire an operations guy, get some people on the ground 
and I'm going to be the money guy, but I don't want anything to do with the business. That doesn't excite us, though. Granted, you may have the money to make it successful, but in this business especially, because there's so many little weird things that go on, it's really important for us that our operators be be in the business, be working in the business for the first one, two, three years before they really start to remove themselves to just maybe a supervisory role or a, a manager role or a business owner role so that they can experience how it is that we do everything we do. How do we lease a house? How do we advertise a house? What goes in, what's involved with the rent collection process? What are all these things? Because at the end of the day, that's what's going to make you successful, knowing what goes into it. And once you've done that role, you can hire for that role better. So one of the biggest things we look for are people who, who are going to say, yeah, I, you know, sure, I've got the money to do this, but I actually want to be in it. I want to do it. And maybe I'm not going to do it forever. That's why I want to own a business. I want that freedom to not have to go into the work, to the office at a certain time. But, you know, first couple of years of any business is the hardest. And it's important that you be involved in the business. And that's something we really look for. Now, are most of your franchisees, are are they brick and mortar businesses or or some of them, you know, operating out of the house? Because it is more of a it is more of a geographical territory breakdown. Or maybe you could dive into that a little bit, because I think some of the people listening who might be interested, I think would probably want to know, you know, how do your territories break down? How do you break down a state and those kinds of sure. things? Sure. Sure. Um, territories are broke down by uh, population size, so you essentially get uh, different counties that'll make up a million uh, million dollars, excuse me, a million person MSA population, and that's how we're breaking up our territories right now. Um, and everyone is brick and mortar, but here's the unique thing about us: is you don't need a big office. We require an office simply because uh, it's good practice to make sure you're not just doing the side of your home. You have clients coming and going every once in a while. But what I love about our business model is the fact of how scalable it is. Day one, when you start, you can use a, a virtual office or a, you know one of those executive suite offices, things like that. You don't need a lot of space, so it's affordable. Um, and as you grow, you just grow your office size with it. It's not like opening a McDonald's where you need to have a store of a certain size, a couple hundred thousand dollars for the kitchen equipment, and 20 employees when you open your doors. You can open a renter's warehouse with yourself in an office, and that's all you need. And as you grow and as you get listings and properties listed for rent, you can go out and start hiring agents uh, and leasing agents that help you in the field, which are commission-based real estate agents. Uh, and as you grow your management portfolio and take people on where you're doing the monthly management and collecting rent and coordinating maintenance, all those things, you get to a certain point, you hire your first employee. So from that perspective, um, it's capital smart, the fact that you can use your money and capital in other things from advertising and other resources where you don't have to tie it down in, in a big building with a lot of equipment and a lot of staff out of the gate. Um, and so while we do require an office, uh, it doesn't need to be big. And um, I think that's one of the, the perks and benefits of this business model is how scalable it can be. You can start small and get as big as you'd like. Now, are you helping? Do you, do you guys provide a list? Or how, how, does, how does somebody who buy this get in the game in their territory? I mean, it probably obviously helps if you're, if you're from a particular area and you have contacts in that, that area. But how does somebody then get in the game and start making the contacts that are necessary to start you know, closing some of the deals. Yeah, well, that's part of that's part of what we sell. That's part of our process. Sure, it helps if you've been in real estate or you know about real estate and you have contacts there to be able to get in and, and grow faster, but it's not required. One of the, you know, we were talking about Runners Warehouse Uniques earlier, what makes us different. Um, I talked about building an organization and building a business and setting yourself up for the future. But the other big differentiator in what we do is, is we're expert marketers. We know how to market our product and we teach our franchisees how to do that from 
the way we use radio to advertise to clients to um, online SEO, pay-per-click, website optimization, all those things. We have in-house IT team, which many property management companies don't have. We just get it. We know how to market. And so we can tell you without a doubt, if you're in the right territory, which we're, out, we're only selling the right territories, we can make you successful and bring the clients in the door as long as you're willing to put the work into it. So, you know, getting started, getting clients, sure, that's always the hardest part. However, we've got that figured out. We know our systems and processes for that. And that's part of, that's part of what you buy when you get a renter's warehouse. Well, and I love that you guys are engaged and invested in the online digital space and, and, and social media aspect because, you know, I'm a, I know I'm a big believer that sales and marketing are merging into one uh, from the perspective of, you know, it always used to be that, that essentially, you know, the sales were the ones that the, the salespeople were the ones who were going out and closing all the leads. But now we live in a world where, and I don't care what business you're in, I think the latest statistic I saw was that 70% of people make decisions before they even contact you. And they're, sure. they're finding out about you through online, through social media. You know, they're doing their research. So they're coming to the table way more educated through the process. But what I also find amazingly is that in a lot of franchise systems, they're not realizing that yet. They're not providing their franchisees with the know-how and the tools and the setup uh, to help them take advantage of that. And it sounds like you guys are. We are. We, we are. We, we like to call ourselves innovative, uh, not only with the products we offer, but how we run our business and, and, and stay up with the local, the latest trends on, on social media and online presence and things like that. And um, again, we have, uh, we have an in-house IT staff. We have in-house marketing staff with some wonderful marketing brands around the country, uh, not only for our, to grow our franchise system, but to be there for our franchisees to help them market their, in their locations. And, one of the things uh, we just had some folks come back from a seminar on on marketing, and to your point, sales and marketing are being merged more and more together than they ever have before, and it's kind of like a dual role now for those people. And, and CMOs are having to figure out how to work closer with the sales team because there's always been that disconnect. So now there's that term being thrown around out there: smarketing. How do sales and marketing work together better? And uh, we're always trying to figure that out and be ready to to take that next hurdle. And also. Um, we've embraced the fact that we know people are doing research online. And if, if you were to Google Renters Warehouse, you're going to see that we have more reviews nationwide, positive reviews online on all the sites from Google, Yahoo, Yelp, all those places than anybody else. And it's because we get it. We get that people are out there and we encourage our customers to share their positive experiences with us um, online. And, uh, and I think that's been very powerful in our ability to grow our markets quickly uh, as well as as show franchisees, prospective franchisees, that we really have something unique to offer. Well, listen, Kevin, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, interviewing you. Uh, great job, great information. Um, really, really intrigued by by your brand and what you guys are doing, and look forward to uh, following you and staying in touch. Before we go, though, can you just um, tell the listeners, you know, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you, for them to find more information from you, and if you have any final thoughts, uh, now's a great time to share them. Sure, uh, you know. They can check out our main website at renterswarehouse.com. That's going to be a link to all of our franchisees around the country in regards to our property management, uh, leasing services, our real estate side of the things. And for those interested in learning more about our franchise model as well, you can visit professionallandlords.com. Professionallandlords.com. You can check us out there for more franchise uh, information as well. And um, I guess last thoughts is, you know, people who listen to the show are are probably interested, obviously, in, in looking at franchising or our franchising. And for those those looking into it and interested in it, 
it, it can be a great thing. Do your research, find something that fits your personality and suits what you're looking to do. Um, but getting into the right franchise and finding a, a partner that can help you become successful uh, is, a, is a wonderful thing and, it's, and it can lead to leaving a great legacy for your family, building wealth over time and really giving you the freedom that you may want to have and, and uh, a great opportunity to start a business, work for yourself, but also not have to reinvent the wheel, so to speak. Uh, and Josh, as I'm sure you see all the time, franchising is a great way to go. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's a great way to go. Uh, there is a process, though, and I always try to talk, talk, tell people you can't short circuit the process. And you obviously clearly understand that, um, you know, there's a process of due diligence. There's a type of person um, for particular franchises as opposed to just, you know, plugging anybody in, plugging anybody into the mix. So um, I love what you guys are doing. I look forward again to following you guys success. And, and thank you so much for your time today, Kevin. Thank you for having, uh, having me on, Josh. It was great talking with you. All right. We will talk soon. Thanks for being with us today on the Franchise Euphoria podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to go to iTunes and provide a review. Also, please remember that although Josh Brown is a licensed and practicing attorney, Nothing contained in this podcast should be construed as legal advice, because it is not. The information contained in this podcast is general and educational in nature, and none of it should be relied upon as legal advice. That being said, if you have questions for Josh and would like to contact him, please email him at josh at franchiseuphoria.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you tune in to our next weekly episode. <laughs>